welcome to The Unorthodox Christian. I'm your host, Friar Tuck, and today we're finding joy. Not happiness, but joy. The dictionary defines joy as the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something good or satisfying. It's elation or pleasure. Simplified, joy is the same as happiness. Now, our nation's Declaration of Independence contains these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Happiness, the thing we strive for in our country. So why are we so depressed? Some indicators have shown the depression rate has tripled since the start of the pandemic, which was already nearly 20%. Now, this is to be expected with death, illness, isolation, fear, and anger that has accompanied COVID. But let's not jump over the fact that nearly one in five people were depressed even before the spread of the virus. We're talking about a nation that has an excess of food, clean water, shelter, entertainment, resources, wealth, and support. We live in an age where you can have almost anything you want. I think the dictionary and the Declaration of Independence have it wrong. We were not created for the pursuit of happiness. We were created for the pursuit of joy. They're not the same thing. Happiness is a short-lived emotion, whereas joy is a state of being. What do I mean? Imagine you're a child, and you're told you get to go to Disneyland. Instantly, you're flooded with excitement and happiness. When you get there, everything is new. The rides are exhilarating, the sights, the smells. It's almost too much. That is happiness. In fact, they call themselves the happiest place on earth. But what if you had a season pass and you went every day for a year? Would you still have that same feeling on the 365th day as you did on the first? You soon begin to see that almost every ride is the same ride with just different scenery. The crowds, they annoy you instead of building anticipation. And instead of spending the whole day there, you leave after a couple hours because you've been there, done that. You see, happiness is a feeling that is short-lived. Now, it's not bad. It just doesn't have the same qualities that joy has. I believe we've been robbed of our joy out of our pursuit of happiness. Science has shown that there is a chemical released into the brain that produces the feelings of happiness called dopamine. We can get that high from a variety of sources like alcohol, drugs, sex, adrenaline, relationships, or new things or experiences. The problem is dopamine is a short-term chemical effect in your brain. In order to get the happy feeling again, we need to have another hit of whatever is causing that feeling. So we buy more stuff, drink more, find new relationships. You know what I mean. And, and the dopamine cycle begins again. This is a bit about how addictions start. We're chasing that next dopamine release in our pursuit of happiness. Joy is a long-term state of being. It doesn't depend on circumstances or dopamine. You can find joy in hard times and in good times. 
Joy can come in sadness and in giving rather than receiving stuff. There can be joy in poverty or in wealth, in sickness or in health. It sounds like wedding vows, but that's what joy is. Marriages are meant to last through whatever life throws at you, good or bad. And it's the same with joy. So how do we find this joy in our life? Well, that's what we're going to find out. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. That is what the message of Jesus should bring to the world. Joy. When we observe the life of Jesus, the question is, did he bring joy to people's lives? In Judaism, wine symbolizes joy and celebration. So we come to Jesus' first miracle of turning water into abundance of the best wine. Could this be a testament of things to come? Jesus begins his ministry by bringing abundant joy to the people. The Gospel of John then describes Jesus going to the religious temple where the religious leaders who were supposed to be bringing joy to the people were making a profit off other people's sins. Instead of giving love to the people in their time of need, these money lenders were taking from the people for their own personal gain. This made Jesus angry and he threw over the tables and made a whip to drive out the tax collectors. Now, this may sound odd, but it's how you told the stories back then. You held two opposites up to show the vast difference between the two. At a wedding and celebration of love, Jesus gave joy. And at a religious event where people's need for God was being exploited, religion was taking joy from the people. Welcome to the ministry of Jesus. Throughout the rest of the story of Jesus, we see him helping the poor, healing the sick, throwing parties with the outcasts, and the response of those he connects with is joy. The religious leaders, who were more concerned with right theology, rituals, and condemning sinners, became more and more angry until they ended up trying to kill Jesus more than once. One leader gives to those in need and joy is the result. The other takes from the people in need, and anger, jealousy, and elitism is the result. I remember the day when my boss came into my office at the church and had a conversation with me. He told me I was too negative and needed to find joy or else I would be fired. Yep, nothing like fear of losing your job to instill joy into your life. So I did what most 
people do in that situation. I faked it. I wore a smile on my face and tried to fake it until I made it. It didn't work. I was depressed, and no amount of willpower was going to overcome my battle. There were a lot of things in my life I was dealing with, and now I had the fear of losing my job to add to all of this. And then came the depression of 2010. I lost my job anyway, since the church needed to cut salaries. Because I lost my job, I also lost my house. Then I became deathly ill. Joy wasn't exactly in my vocabulary. How can I rejoice when I am sick and poor every day? I don't know your story, but I imagine there are times when you feel like this too. If happiness is the goal in life, well, we're failing. But here's the thing. We should be failing. Happiness is an emotion that is short-lived and depends on circumstances. They're easily manipulated. Ask any movie director and they're going to tell you that through music, camera angles, pacing, and storytelling, they can make you feel happy, sad, or scared almost any time they want. Emotions are poor indicators of how we feel about life. Worse yet, we now have social media that allows us to fake happiness as we smile for a selfie and we post it for all the world to see. We take pictures of all the wonderful places we go and the good food we eat. We post all those dopamine-inducing situations and make others wish they could have it too. And here's the kicker. Social media also produces that dopamine when we check to see how many likes we get or how many followers we have. When it goes up, dopamine is released. But when it goes down or there's no likes... Feelings of hurts and depression and rejection find their way in. Over what? A picture or a post or a comment. If happiness is your goal, I'm sad for you. Because your life is a constant chase for the next hit of dopamine. Joy is different. Joy lasts longer and extends through the difficult times in life. James, another writer in the Bible, says this. Consider it pure joy when you experience many trials. What? Consider hardships a pure joy? The Dalai Lama lists the eight pillars of joy that are discussed in his book. They are perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, and generosity. From his viewpoint, the key difference between happiness and joy is that happiness is an emotion we experience, while joy is an attitude we can develop. If you look at the eight pillars, you notice that forgiveness and compassion are on the list. These two character traits require something bad to happen in life, either to you or to someone else. Joy is developed as we experience hardships. But we must choose to blossom and bring beauty to the world, or wither away in depression. When the angels declared good news of great joy, what did they mean? I think Jesus summed it up best through his, these words. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, 
that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, I hate these words, commandments and all that, but if the one commandment that we're supposed to follow is love, then it kind of takes away the power or that misconception of what commandments are. Jesus' joy is in us when we love others. It's so pure and simple. Jesus spent his life loving others and spreading joy to the world. This is why joy is more than an emotion of happiness. We can give love to someone who has lost someone close. In sadness, love is given and joy is the result. When someone is lonely, we can bring love and joy is found in the loneliness. Even evil can be turned away with love and joy. Paul writes, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Joy leads us to a place where we don't need to buy into the myth of redemptive violence. Isn't this the message of Jesus as he was being murdered on the cross? He didn't respond with anger or hatred. He responded with love and forgiveness. How then does this change how we live? If we want joy, we must give love. Real joy comes the more we give love to others. Sure, we can manufacture temporary happiness with a quick dopamine shot, but the effects are short and they don't last. Joy becomes a part of you. And the more you give, the more you get. I didn't understand the saying, it's better to give than to receive, because, to be honest, the happiness comes from the dopamine shot when we get a new present, right? Anyone with kids knows that the high that comes with new toys lasts about 10 seconds, and then they want the next present. More of that good dopamine feeling. But the real joy comes in finding that perfect gift for someone, knowing they're going to love it. Or in the surprise visit from someone you haven't seen in a long time. Joy comes in the memories that are shared together. Christmas is about the joy that comes in the love that we shared throughout the year. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. Not a baby being born, but the good news of great joy that baby brought to the world. And it continues wherever love abounds. So may you find joy as you give love to those you meet. May you find joy in the times of sorrow and in the celebration. May Christmas be a reminder that love and joy is far greater than happiness. And when it comes to the battle over your mind, may you always remember love wins.